Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Sports Coat Sportscast. I'm your host, Nate Cross, along with my co-host, David Nimitz. Ben cannot join us today. He has another golf meet. Um, we're going to give you a great episode after our big special episode. We have a lot of news to touch on as we're recapping probably two weeks' worth of news, wouldn't you say, Dave? Yeah, it's um, a lot of stuff. And Yeah, so first we'll get started with Calvert Hall Sports. So Calvert Hall Sports, if you guys know, the varsity lacrosse team had an overtime overtime win against BL last Friday. Wow. In the rain, Kyle Basco hits a corner pull shot, runs 100 yards to the other side of the field. Everybody's hype. It was a great game. I wasn't there, but I watched the highlight, that last highlight, and it was nice. So that's that's um, that's the big highlight of the week for sports, pretty much. And then going on to this week, shout out Ben. We have a junior golf, var, ju- junior varsity golf meet at St. Paul's today, which Ben's playing, and that's at Fox Hollow. That's their home turf. I've seen the practice there a lot, um, and Loyola practices there. Uh, junior varsity baseball is at MSJ, a, a feared rival of the MIAA. <laughs> uh, Varsity Baseball has a game at home versus MSJ. Frosh has a game today. I don't know who they're playing, but probably MSJ's fresh off team. Um, Varsity Golf is at MSJ. I don't know where that's where their home turf is, where their home, uh, what'd you call it? Their home course. Right. Uh, JV Lacrosse has a game at home versus Severn. Oh, sorry. That's on Thursday. So b- the fresh off baseball games on Thursday, the varsity golf is also on Thursday, the one at MSJ, and the JV lacrosse game is also on Thursday, May fourth. Um, and Friday we have a junior varsity baseball game against our at Archbishop Curley. They have a weird field, don't they, Dave? Curley's so, field is a little. Is I a little think odd. they're left field or something. It tapers off, and I think either right field super close or left field super close. I feel like but, center is like really far out, right. and then right and left like are like closer around. or something. Yeah, something like that. Um, so that's interesting. Then on Friday we also have a lacrosse game at Severn, so that's a heck of a drive. That's like at least an hour. Um, and then we have a varsity baseball game at home versus Curly on Friday, and then we have. A track meet on Saturday. So there we have it for the sports schedule this week. And Dave, what do you want to talk about first when it comes to to some sports? We talk about Joel Embiid. Do you want to talk about Lamar Jackson? It doesn't matter to me. There's plenty of stuff to talk about. I don't. I have no preferences. Well, in recent memory, yesterday Joel Embiid was named the NBA Most Valuable Player. Averaging what, like thirty-three points? It was. It was something ridiculous. It was a lot. And he, I'll pull up his stat line here. Fun fact: This is the only year of LeBron James's career where he hasn't received a single MVP vote. So I did see that. Um, that's here, very interesting. Joel Embiid in sixty-six games put up thirty-three points, ten boards, four assists, and he shot fifty-five percent from the field. And thirty three percent from three, and then eighty six percent from the line. Wow. So I would say those are from the line is really good. Yeah, I would say those are MVP numbers. I think he could have went either way. I'd like to see Jokic get his triple crown. 
Yeah, because then when you look at Jokic, obviously he put up almost 10 less points around the same amount of boards. But, then but obviously, his playmaking is just so... Yeah, he's almost had a triple-double. He was just .2 assists away from that. Really? And then he was more efficient than Embiid. Where his splits? He, uh, he was 24.5, 12, and if you round the assists up, it's roughly 10. So it's 9.8 assists. It's basically a triple-double. Yeah, and then um, he was more efficient than Embiid. Right, and even defensively, his um, effectiveness defensively on advanced stats was better, surprisingly better than Embiid. Yeah, I which think is, Embiid is more of like, obviously he's going to get the blocks for you, and so, which is why he's more known as a better defender. I still think Embiid's a better defend, defender personally, but Jokic definitely isn't like, I think he gets a bad rap in terms of defensive right, ability. because he just like kind of looks a little sloppy. Like, he, you know, I mean, like riding up and down the court yeah. doesn't look very athletic. And they seem like he's stat padding. So when you get that stat padding label, you automatically, like, he can't play defense. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, but I don't understand that. Um, but going into the NBA playoffs, I mean, this has been really fun to watch. These first, the first round, we have a few upsets. Obviously, the Lakers beating the Grizz. Right. What team will Dylan Brooks be playing for next year? I did see that. He, the the Grizzlies, the They're Grizzlies not bringing him back under any condition. They said. See, I don't get that. Neither do I. Because I think that has to be that must have been a he must have been a locker room issue, which I also don't get because it seemed like the other players seemed to at least like him. Right. But Dylan Brooks isn't. I get his personality isn't the best, and he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Um, but Dylan Brooks is still, I think. A good basketball player. No, I think I he think takes he's a too quality much. NBA player. Yeah, he's a good role player. Or, I, like I don't know. I wouldn't mind having him come off my bench, but it's also like you got to weigh it. You know what I'm saying? You got to weigh the off the court stuff on the. And it's just like you know, it's all money. It's a money and numbers game, right? So he's probably driving fans away in the sense of like, bro, you're averaging like eight points a game. And you're like one of the least efficient players in the league. It's like, it's like you're not making them, you're not getting them wins, and you're also a problem off the court. Yeah, well, like you're talking to a three-time NBA champ, like he's a rookie, and it's like you haven't done anything to back that up. But he just said that's him, like that's just how he is. But where was it the first three years in the league? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I mean. Looking at his stats here, obviously this doesn't tell the whole story, but 14 points, 3 rebounds, 2.5 assists, and he shot just under 40% from the field. He shot a respectable 33% from 3 and 78% from the line, but he just takes too many shots. Like Dylan Brooks should not be taking like 14 <clears throat> shots a game for you, like ever. Like now, he, granted, they did have to deal without um, Ja for a little bit, for a hiatus. Of time, which would I guess, I mean, was Jaron Jackson? Was I guess the hurt? problem with that is that well, Jaron Jackson was hurt to right. start the year, but then I mean, Jaron Jackson will never be healthy for a whole yeah. year. The, and happen. I guess the Grizzlies didn't really have any like once Ja was out, they don't have any like Tyus high usage Jones? high usage guy. I love Tyus Jones, yeah, but too. like Desmond Bain isn't a high usage no, guy. Desmond Bain is him. He's him, but he's not like he's not going to be bringing the ball up the court, you know. But he's a he's a shooter. Who's their center? Steven Adams, or do it they is. or do they run? That is some contrasting 
personalities in the locker room if Steven Adams and Dylan Brooks. Yeah. I guess it would and be... And then Ja. Yeah. I mean, yeah, well, I mean, Ja kind of fits like Dylan Brooks, I guess, in a way. It's just he actually has off-the-court issues. Well, like, he can back it up on the court. That's true. Like, he can talk crap and then also dunk on your head and drop, like, 45. So, stuff like that. Um, and then in the East, we had the Heat upsetting. I, yeah, I could not believe this. Well, Jimmy Butler is just, I guess, the greatest playoff basketball performer I've ever seen. I know. It's it's ridiculous. And then he sprains his ankle game. <laughs> what was it, game one against the Knicks? I think so. I don't, but I, I'm kind of, kind of stumped right now because I really like the Lakers. Like I don't know who to cheer for is what I'm saying, because I do like the Knicks because they're underdogs, right? Like their roster, they didn't go out and spend a billion dollars on a high name like Jalen Brunson in the offseason. We're not thinking, oh, Jalen Brunson's going to be like that guy. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like they didn't go out and get Kyrie and stuff, and they just have Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle, and like. Mitchell Robinson, R.J. Barrett, and R.J. Barrett. Um, but it's just like you—you you got a team like that, and they also haven't won it in a while. So I'm like kind of cheering for them, but then at the same time, it's like the Heat. I really love Jimmy Butler um, and Spolstra. So, but they also just went to the finals like a few years ago. But I do like LeBron, right? And I kind of want to see Jokic win. The finals because that's like solidifies him as a all-time great center so it's like yeah what, what, who do we cheer for i don't know i think who you know whoever wins is gonna cement their legacy even further like lebron well, gets another chip i mean what if curry some, what if somehow the suns come back from this two-hour deficit katie wins another ring um Chris paul would team, get it for his right, first ring who got hurt again in the playoffs, which is unfortunate, but they do not look like they stand a chance against the Nuggets right now. No, the Nuggets are they're firing on all cylinders right, right now. Good for them because they haven't had a lot of playoff success. I know Jokic. they've been one of those teams, like the, they're like the Sixers. The I was going to say they're actually like the Sixers of the West. They're great in the regular season. They'll they'll win their first round matchup, but then the second round, no, it's going to be problems. Yeah, but I they've did something this year. I don't know, Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, another chucker. Yeah, don't don't expect Michael Porter Jr. to pass the ball to you. He's not he's not passing the rock. How many assists do you think he averaged? Like but two? I just I really like I just it's just hard to count out LeBron. You know what I'm saying? Like they beat the Warriors last night. Um, I don't, how did Curry play last night? I I didn't even check the box score today. I thought he went. I thought he went. Uh, he, never mind. He didn't play as good as I thought. Really? Well, he played well for, but Steph Curry he didn't do anything crazy. Uh, Twenty-seven points, ten of twenty-four from the field, and then he shot six of thirteen from three, six boards, three assists. Did you see what Channing Fry and um, Tyrese Halliburton their interaction on the broadcast when Jordan Poole uh, <laughs> threw up, threw up that like thirty footer, yeah, or whatever, and then Tyrese Halliburton like he's open. Like, he's open, I would shoot that. And then Channing Fry was like, well, that's why you're sitting here talking to me right now. <laughs> and it was just, like, so disrespectful to my Indiana Pacer legend Tyrese Halliburton. Um, I mean, but Channing Fry, like, that's a that's a 3 and D 4 guy right there. Like, I don't... NBA champion Channing Fry. Exactly. NBA champion, like, what does Tyrese Halliburton he was know about kinda, that? He's kind of like 
the weirdest player I think I've ever seen. Channing Fry. Channing Fry. I mean, think of Tristan Thompson. Probably. I think what that whole cast is weird. Team, I don't know. Just kind of doesn't fit anywhere. I like Delvadovos on that Cavs team. It's a team of weirdos. Team of weirdos. Kyrie, weirdo. Yeah. What's up? What's this thing with Kyrie whispering? What, what's this? What is? What is that? What is that? It's just Kyrie. I don't know. Like, did, what, where did that start? He's just Kyrie, man. I don't know. Who's your NFL comp for for Kyrie Irving? I have mine in my head. It right was now. Odell. I don't know if it is anymore. It's Cam Newton. Uh, probably now, yeah. Like Cam's Instagram with all those funky, funky letters. <laughs> and he said, "Why are all these randoms getting signed?" And then Cam, James, you should not be signed, buddy. I'm sorry to right. break that news to you. I think I'd rather have Sam Ellinger over Cam right now. Yeah, I was gonna say Odell, controversial superstar. You know, made some really healthy. Yeah, kind of the same. But, yeah, that's the thing. Is it it kind of differs from Cam because when Cam did get signed, it's not like he played at a high level. Because when Kyrie plays, he That's what I was thinking with Odell. Really, right, when Odell was with the Rams, he performs kind of... Performs yeah. at a really high level. Cam Newton's just bad now. No, he's just bad. He's, he's awful. He's really... There's not... Whatever happened in New England, yeah. it's Earl, just bad. Earl can testify, I'm sure. <laughs> he was awful. He's not good. Well, remember we thought... We thought it was like when they played the Seahawks that first week. We thought, they had one good game, right? right. He, he went like, crazy. He had like two rushing touchdowns. He had like 350 yards in the air, and like two passing touchdowns, He's no back. picks. And we were like, MVP, like this is Cam. And then he got COVID, and then it was over. It was done. It was over. But yeah, speaking of people playing out of their minds, Anthony Davis is so good at basketball when he's on the court. I know this is known, but every time Anthony Davis is in the box score, it's some ridiculous figure. It's like 28-17. Obviously, he's not getting assists, but then it's like five blocks. And you're just like... And any time I turn the game on, Anthony Davis is somehow impacting the game defensively. And I'm just like, I see it now. I see why he's still on the team and he's not... And they haven't sent him off because of him not being on the court. Because he's so impactful when he's on the court. The Lakers are complete. I know it's it's like it's so, sort of obvious to say they're a whole different team when he's on the court because right. he's a superstar. Like for a while, he's argued to be like the best defensive center in the league, while also being one of the best offensive centers in the league. Um, but geez, I mean, when he's when he's on, yeah, he's on. What was his tallies from last night? Because he's playing against Kevon Looney for a whole seven-game series. So I think he's probably going to dominate the class. If I'm... Last night, he put up 30, 23 boards, five <laughs> assists, four blocks. That's ridiculous. Yeah, only two fouls, too. So he's, he wasn't in foul trouble. I mean, he... What is his plus-minus? It has to be... I don't see his plus-minus, unfortunately. Uh, you're just on the, like... You're just on, like, the ESPN box score. But like yeah, that's sorry. efficient. My fault. You're not fouling. You're get like 23 boards. Wow. Yeah. So I really like Anthony Davis in in the playoffs so far. Um. But yeah, Dave, do you want to move on to some football? We can, yeah. Because we got the draft, obviously, as right. you guys will hear about in our in our new teams meeting episode. 
which um, it's it's a longer episode. It's like an hour and a half. Yeah, um, so a lot of fun though. The whole, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, so I want to just throw something at you real okay. quick. Something that you're not prepared for. Oh. I want to give you caught off three guard right now. winners of the draft. Like three teams who won the draft, three teams who lost the draft. You we'll, want me to? We'll both we'll both go after it. Okay. Okay. Obviously, what do you, what do you uh, want to start with? Are we starting winning, losing? I, mean, I think just obvious. Obvious Eagles. Of course. It's a winning. It's a winning draft. Obvious Colts winning draft. If you look how many picks they had and how many picks they just absolutely nailed. Right. Um, they got to be up there. A loser, Lions. Lions are definitely, I think, the one that people are going to look at right. and be like... We never know. Two years from now, they could look back and, be, oh my God, what a fleecing what a fleecing by the Lions. But and I think the only now, way that happens, the only way you can justify that is if Jack Campbell becomes like a top five linebacker. Cause I don't even think top five. If he just becomes like... Uh, like but good. I think the Jameer... Like, I don't... Jameer Gibbs, no matter how good he becomes... You just almost can't justify it. Right. I just don't know it's how you can justify it. calls into question why you paid David Montgomery. Yeah, and like... Like, why don't. not just re-sign Jamal Williams and then trade Swift and then draft Jameer Gibbs? Yeah, I'm not really sure what the thought process is right. there. I don't know why they need to keep rotating through backs. Right, and like, it seems like they're paying a lot of attention to their backs when they really... It's just like they don't need to. yeah. They seem to be enamored with every other running back, right. like besides the one that was on their roster, which was DeAndre Swift. For right, whatever like, reason, they seem to not like him. But everybody, everybody but else play was Jamal like Jamal Williams, eighty percent of the snaps, and not play Swift. And then you go out of your way and sign a high name running back. Well, I guess I, because I guess your argument could be, well, David Montgomery might fit what Dan Campbell wants to do offensively now, which mm-hmm. is maybe run the ball more power runner but but then signing Montgomery and then drafting Jameer Gibbs who's just not a premier power guy and where are they going to put him are they going to just ro- put him in passing downs to give away like I don't I don't what are you going to put him in the slot I think you have to use him in like this Debo role I guess I think teams are probably going to become enamored with what the 49ers did with Debo and like this receiver running back hybrid but then it's just going to be flipped because obviously gibbs is a running back and debo's more receiver so it's going to be the other way around but i'm assuming they're going to do try to do something like that especially with jameson williams being out for the first few games of the season right it just doesn't make sense to me why you would pay why like why would you pay david montgomery if he's going to be like a 20 percent 20 percent snap usage guy yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that just seems a little pointless when you could have, if you really wanted Jameer Gibbs, just re sign Jamal Williams. It's not like Jamal Williams got that much wherever he signed. Where was he? Didn't he stay in the NFC North? Um, I can't remember where he signed to. He is. Hold on. He's a Saint. He's a Saint, so he did not stay in the NFC North. But, yeah, so I thought that was. I thought they were definitely a loser, but a lot of teams had a, had really good drafts. Uh, yeah, I think I was, if we're looking at good drafts, I know Nate doesn't want to bring it up because he thinks he he's steering clear of it so far. But obviously, we'll get the elephant in the room out of the way. 
the the Steelers had one of the best drafts, probably the best draft. When you just look at like pure talent, you get Broderick Jones in the first. Who we, who we clown. Who we kind of clowned on a little bit. I think it's more because we had this preconceived notion that Georgia tackle of Georgia tackle going to Tennessee and then it didn't happen with Broderick Jones good tackle then we're going to go first pick of the second round we're going to get Joey Porter Jr. hopefully a shutdown corner obviously you know a little bit grabby at times which is why he fell then Keanu Benton stud stud from Wisconsin he's he has some um he's not a real pure pass rushing guy um but he feeds off double teams well and he splits his defenders, and I really think he can be impactful playing, getting mentored by Cameron Hayward, obviously. And then and then we get one of the biggest deals in the draft in the third uh, with right. Darnell Washington drafting at like 102 or something like that. Yeah, and um, then following it up, I've seen a lot of people talk about Nick Herbig out of Wisconsin yeah, also. I really I, – I understood that, but at the same – I mean, he led the Big Ten in sacks – but I really liked the size, the sheer size that Andre Carter brought to the table from Army. Um, but at the time, I really wanted Andre Carter. But now seeing he went undrafted, um, mm-hmm. I guess a lot of teams had some concerns with his level of production, kind of his weight, and um, I guess just his overall, like, it's just his overall size. His frame really doesn't fit the mold. Um, but... I don't remember where he got signed. I think the Vikings signed him. Yeah, and then even in the seventh, they pick up value with Corey Trice, who's a big right. corner from Purdue, who kind of fell due to medical concerns. Same thing with Darnell Washington. That's the only reason that he really fell. Like you know, if you're a six seven tight end, that's going to be the best run blocker. That also can run after catch. He's an insane athlete. Yeah, like it, it was just medical problems there. So yeah, the Steelers crushed it. I don't understand the tackle pick. From Mar- I don't even know who that is. Spencer uh, Anderson. Anderson. Um, that kind of. But Mike Tomlin has connections to Pittsburgh. Um, I forget who it is. Maryland. Think- oh yeah, Maryland. Sorry. Um, I can't remember if it's his brother or or so- somebody he knows. Somebody. His personally. son was there. Right at Maryland. Is it Dino? Now- is it Dino? Who's at Boston oh, College? Dino. Now he's at Boston College. Obviously, um, he's got to pick off where pick up where say flowers left off left off yeah so he he has some connections there um so that's why consistently you'll see the Steelers drafting guys from Anthony Maryland Farland, Antoine Brooks right um there's another one too uh it was a defensive tackle I thought maybe he was from Nebraska uh, I can't he got kicked off Carlos Davis I think that was Nebraska I don't think Carlos Davis uh, no. but I'm not sure I thought we also drafted an offensive lineman from Maryland but we didn't draft Jake Funk or Raheem Jarrett. Nobody drafted Raheem Jarrett or Dante Demas. Who, who drafted Dante Demas? Nobody. Oh. The Ravens signed? picked him up. Yeah. I wonder if we can get Dante Demas on the pod since he's staying local. <laughs> Probably not after we've clowned him slightly when we made fun of his fall. I mean, like, why is Dante Demas sliding? Like, we knew why. So I mean, Dante Demas, if you want to come on the podcast... We'll be happy to have you. We're all all day, what is it? All day, all day <laughs> is is May twelfth. It's all day. We're gonna be podcasting all day. day. Just eat, shoot us an email. Shoot 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 somebody an email here. Or we'll get you on the podcast, Dante Demas. Or we can get Ravens first round pick Zay Flowers on the pod. 
Uh, but how do you feel about the Ravens drafts? Oh, wait, we got to we got to do a. So those those are your three winners, Dave. I would say the Steelers are my biggest winner, and then look at the Eagles. Then also I throw in another team, not necessarily with their draft, but I think the Cardinals. It was a shrewd move to pick up that Texans first rounder. Yeah. I just I know they're not, the Texans aren't in a great division, and C.J. Stroud could be really good. I just don't see how that Texans pick isn't a top ten pick. Because just the rest of their roster, I don't think is that talented, in my opinion. So I think that's a good move by the Cardinals. So I would say that's another one of my winners. And then yeah, I think we kind of hit it with. But then they kind of reach with Paris Johnson and it. Yeah, that's um, true. Trading up to six, I feel like they could have waited two spots, whatever. Traded up, traded up with. I don't even know who was who drafted eight. I know is Falcons. Big, Falcons was Bijan. Right. Right, and the Falcons actually could have got Bijan, so they could have even worked out a deal to get Paris Johnson at eight, which I would have liked a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought they had a pretty decent draft. Um, new head coach coming in. Uh, I don't know if they want to build around Kyler, but it seems like they drafted to build around Kyler with Paris Johnson going that high. And then I don't even know my. I mean, obviously it's the Lions, but I would for the losers. But I would also. In a way, I'd put the Browns in there as one of the biggest losers. For the sheer – them and the Broncos. I was going to say. For the lack of picks. Yeah, The sheer agreed. lack of picks, giving up capital for – I don't. I just don't like giving up that much capital and not having a pick till the third round. You know, it's just like – it doesn't seem like, like – Yeah. I, I, don't, I, I don't know why. The Browns are only – I can't explain it. I just can't get by it. I can't get behind it. It's more for me with the with the Broncos because it's Russell Wilson. It's yeah, but then obviously, but then you can say the same thing with the Browns with Deshaun Watson. But I actually I liked what the Browns did with the picks they kind of had. Like Cedric Tillman in the third is solid. You pick up DeWan Jones, but also at the same time, did you really need Cedric Tillman in the third? You you have decent enough receivers, right? You have Don, yeah. you, you have Diamond Peoples Jones. You just got Elijah Moore, um, Amari Cooper. Like I don't really see the need. It's like, the best I feel player like, available situation is what I know, it seemed like. But then, but then you go out and get Dewan Jones to shore up your offensive line. And it's like there were better options in the third. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It just seems like the Browns really draft based on high name people. You know, people yeah. who people talk about a lot, but then doesn't really get put in the production in the league. So I didn't really like their draft, but that tends to happen with my grades as, as you know, the the less and less picks they have and the less value picks they have. It's like, right? It just comes off as like, okay, well they didn't they didn't have any high value picks, so that means their draft wasn't good. But how do you feel about the Ravens? I Ravens think draft? this was an interesting year for the or year for the draft for the Ravens because usually the Ravens have a lot of picks. They're going to do a lot of wheeling and dealing usually moving back is kind of their main strategy here but then obviously they just signed Lamar Jackson to the long-term extension so they go out and decide to get Zay Flowers receiver out of Boston College interesting, interesting I think pick. it was interesting I think he was the best receiver on the board I don't know I think you can make the argument for Jordan Addison but besides those two I don't you know no, I don't think you could go wrong else. either way there's nobody else um who would be viable at that spot yeah and uh at the same time do you like that they're following their smaller receiver patterns 
Um, it's a little bit interesting. I personally would have rather a corner, Joey Porter Jr., Deontay Banks, who uh, I think the Giants went, almost yeah. tried to. The Giants, when they're picking Deontay Banks, tried to jump the Ravens for Zay Flowers. Right. So then they just settled on their second option. Yeah. Or they wanted Addison or... I, I bet the Ravens were probably looking... It probably went Flowers, Addison, and then any of the corners that were available. Yeah. Zay Flowers, it is a little bit interesting that, you know, he kind of... Marquise Brown type receiver. Well, but I, I think he's a lot... His frame's better. A I lot think better he has a Brown. way better frame. I think he's actually... I think he's just better... Maybe he's not as fast as Marquise Brown, but I think he's a better route runner. I think he's better hands than Marquise Brown. I think this was a good pick. I think he's more shifty than Marquise Brown. Also true. In space, he's... Zay Flowers is definitely better after the catch. Marquise Brown is more straight line speed. And then other other guys, Trenton Simpson, we pick up in the third round. It's kind of an odd pick, in my opinion, because I don't know about you, but I feel like I feel like you kind of drafted a guy who fits that mold and that's like Kyle Hamilton like mm-hmm. Trenton Simpson can play he's in college he played slot he played slot corner he played safety he played inside linebacker all things that Kyle Hamilton did and it's like it's like are you just are you just sharing up your sub linebacker spot with um with Trenton Simpson and then you'll just have Kyle Hamilton completely develop as a full-on safety I think here I know what you're saying Trenton Simpson very versatile I think they're going to kind of use – I think they're going to keep um, – now, since they don't have Chuck Clark anymore, they might go Marcus Williams and Kyle Hamilton and more of like, you know, Marcus Williams is going to be back there as the free, and then you're going to have Hamilton, you know, in the box, in the slot. And then Trenton Simpson, probably not going to play too much this year. And right. then I think he's just going to replace Patrick Queen. And he's kind of similar to Patrick Queen. Right. Same thing, not a lot of power – yeah, a lot of power in their tackling and aggression, good, but good speed, athlete, speed good size, and then you know has the potential to play in coverage, and then the rest of the draft, you know, they pick up uh, Tavius Robinson out of Ole Miss, Kai Blue Kelly or Kai Blue Kelly out of Stanford, and then the big big tackle out of Oregon, six six three seventeen. I'm not going to say his name, and then Andrew Voorhees, who. Yeah. Had the legendary combine oh, bench yeah, where press. Where he broke his arm, right? Where he broke his, he tore his ACL. Oh, right. And then he still had the most reps on the bench, and it seemed like he was going to be. Your last name can't be Voorhees and not, <laughs> and not have the best, had not have the most bench press reps out of all, of anybody in the draft. It was anybody in the draft or offensive lineman. Offensive lineman, so probably, probably, but like close. also D lineman could be, could be up there, but, but yeah, I thought that was a very good value pick for them. Yeah, I think. uh Looking at it, he or from what I've seen, probably early day three guy. I mean, so like fourth round, make the roster and then yeah, and then make the roster and then immediately be put on IR. Like. Yeah, he's gonna be. This is effectively a medical redshirt season for him. Right. But then you've seen the Ravens do this last year with Ojabo. Right. They drafted a guy who they knew was, you know, who was gonna probably be that a first was a round pick. Bit more suspect because. Because you drafted him early in the, early in second or mid second? It was mid early second, but he was seen by many to be a first round pick. And he's coming back this year. Yeah. You'll see. We'll see him David Ajobo, him and Jason Owe. Jason Owe. Or Adafe. He wants to be called Odafe, Adafe so don't, sorry. Don't ever say that. Um I don't know. I think the Ravens could be sneak sneaky good this year. 
The Ravens um, just kind of did what they usually do in the right. draft. Nothing too special. Nothing too surprising. I They're always going to, you know, they always pick up great value. Um, I'd say, you know, like B, B plus. They did, yeah. they did good with the picks that they had. They, but then again, they didn't really have a lot of needs. I mean, That's the true. needs going into the draft were, oh yeah, the big elephant in the room is Lamar Jackson, the instability there. But then you sure him up, and it's like, oh well, we got great tight ends. I mean, we got we check off every box yeah. for what a tight end needs. I mean, you guys still have Nick Boyle. Nick Boyle didn't play too much last year, but Who, we still who's have, your backup tight end. It's Mark Andrews, then Isaiah Likely, oh. and then also we have Charlie Kolar, who they were both fourth round picks last year. Well, it just seems like it just seems like you got your stuff. You got your people on tight end. Your offensive line seems shored up in yeah. a way. I mean, you got Linderbaum, obviously. Mm-hmm. Who did he play guard last year? Center. He played center, and um, do you have your tackle shirt up? Do you think Stanley and Moses? Yeah. Oh right, and, I mean, and that's the, a that's a bridge guy, but you mm-hmm. drafted Voorhees. Yeah, and then the only problem is that, and then obviously Zeitler, and won the guard right. spots, but then Ben Powers left and signed. Yeah, the only issue is kind of the age is creeping up on three three of those guys. Yeah, Zeitler's Agreed. around thirty, Powers is around thirty, and then. Moses is like 33 or something, 34. Yeah. So, and then um, the biggest need was obviously corner, I think, that they didn't really address. Obviously, yeah. I think Kai Wu Kelly is... That's late. It's too late to really put too much stock into them taking... And in a, like, a high-volume like corner class. like Yeah. Like, you can still get great value for a corner. I mean, Corey Trice. Probably got Corey right. Trice. I... I'm... St- they need to sign a corner because they can't go in with Marlon Humphrey's obviously good, but then their other cornerbacks are Brandon Stevens, Worley, Daryl Worley, who's like two thirty and plays corner. Um, you got Jalen Armour Davis, PFF legend with his like twenty, 20 grade. 20, I like Jalen Armour Davis, but and then it's also like the Trey Norwood thing. Trey Norwood was graded at twenty three, but I really like Trey Norwood. Yeah, okay. I like Jalen Armour Davis. I like and then. Uh, Pepe Williams also was a fourth round pick as well. So, so that's we'll a little shaky. How, it's I, didn't I think we how need, shaky they were at corner. Um, we but need like, to bring back Peters. Or I've seen a lot of people clamoring for Rocky Asin as our CB two since he's still out there on the. I mean, I, on I, the market, him Kaibu Kelly and Rocky Asin. Those are the hyphenated the hyphenated <laughs> duo. Yeah, we'll we'll get after it. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I feel like besides that. And their receiver needs. Even thinking about it, I might actually be comfortable if I'm a Ravens fan, not even drafting Zay Flowers. Like if you if you want after corner in the first, I might be comfortable with Bateman, Odell, and Duvernay with Mark think, Andrews and Likely. I think that would have been better, but they must have Zay Flowers. They must have just had him as the best player on their Zay board. Flowers is him. Zay Flowers is that guy. He must have been their best player on the board. They didn't think they needed a corner enough to take a guy like Joey Porter Jr. or Deontay Banks, who they, who it seems like they didn't like as much as they like, say, Flowers. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, that seems to be the NFL draft news. I mean, obviously the worst, the worst pick in the first round is Jack Campbell. Oh, no, no, sorry, sorry. Will McDonald. Will McDonald the fourth. Right. Going 15 which didn't make much sense. Like, I understand what they were trying to do, the Jets. They were trying to 
um, go after a tackle, but then the Steelers hop them to pick Project Jones. Right. Um, but at that point, if you're the Jets, trade back. They were kind of they were kind of lost. They Just didn't know what back. to do after that. Um, um, I think the best pick for me personally, or. I know this is like a I know this is like a chalk pick, but Christian Gonzalez was just phenomenal value. That is, I phenomenal think if you value. asked almost any team, even if you put the Seahawks in like QB a lie one, detector, if you'd rather have Devin Witherspoon at five or Christian Gonzalez at seventeen, they're all going to say right. Christian Gonzalez at seventeen. Right. Well, yeah. Or besides, besides the Commanders, they preferred right. Emmanuel Forbes. Emmanuel Forbes. That was that's probably besides Jack. Cam- no. I actually think that's worse than Jack Campbell. No, I like Emmanuel Forbes. No, 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 because oh, you got to look at the situation. It. you got to look at the situation. He went before the arguable consensus QB1 or CB1 in the draft, while Jack Campbell at linebacker, there was discussions about him being linebacker one with him and Drew Sanders. Like, I mean, it's more understandable if you're, if you're like, it's a pressing need, let's just get it. I don't care if it's a first-round pick. Emmanuel Forbes over Christian Gonzalez. Yeah, who's like CB five? Right. It's just it's like I would I would understand it more if it was if it was JPJ. For some reason, that seems better to me just because just because I feel like there's an argument for JPJ, but Emmanuel Forbes, there's no argument. I think it, Emmanuel. Uh, the only problem is I just don't see him panning out in the system with the Commanders, but. Emmanuel Forbes. I mean, what is he, 142 pounds? He weighs the same as me, roughly, but he gets pick six, pick sixes. I think he's actually... You know who else gets pick sixes? Corey Trice. Okay. Um, but Emmanuel Forbes, I mean, <laughs> I know he's small, but he does. he's not, like, scared to hit. I've seen him, like, try to make plays in the run game, and he's not, he's not awful. I know... Probably some people. I mean, if you does, don't, he, does he hit like Cooper DeJean? No, nobody hits like that man. That man is, that man's crazy. Um, but then also, I would he suggest good. anybody listening to look at Cooper DeJean's high school football and basketball highlights. Yep, buddy's ridiculous. It's Cooper D E Sean. That's DeJean. That's that's Jean. that's his name. He goes to what does he go to Iowa? Iowa of course. And he, and he grew up in Iowa and went to high school in Iowa plays corner for Iowa, but don't look at his college highlights. Just look at his... You can't find that. You just... Look at his filthy <laughs> high school highlights. I, I urge everybody to watch those because they'll change your perspective on Iowa sports. I'll tell you that. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we got a few minutes left. Um, obviously, we want to talk about Lamar's humongous contract, as we've mentioned, right. him re-signing. Do you think that value is good for for where for being getting paid more than effectively more than Jalen Hurts? I we all knew once Hurts signed that contract that Lamar was going to get paid more than that. I think, and or at least make the argument like make it harder mm-hmm. because you're definitely going to be asking for more money now. Yeah, I. It's tough. Do I think anybody's worth that much money? Not really. But do I have a problem with the Ravens giving Lamar $5 million more than Jalen Hurts? No. no. I think you can still make the argument that Lamar Jackson, when healthy, is a better quarterback than Jalen Hurts. I know that's debatable. 
and you know you can have your opinion on that. I mean, we'll just see how Jalen Hurts progresses think, as yeah. as um, his career goes on because you saw the best season from Jalen Hurts last year, right? And you saw the best season from Lamar Jackson when he won his unanimous MVP. I think that's the problem. I don't think I think the best is still ahead for Jalen Hurts. Lamar, I'm clear. It's Lamar. It's that 2019 season could be his best. Well, to be fair, which I think is better than top. any season. I think that's going to be better than any season yeah. Jalen Hurts ever has. It was really good. Like no one's. It's like it's like it's like it's just hard to make your argument for contracts when their are their counter argument can be well you peaked two years ago. Yeah, and it's like we'll discuss my peak where I threw for forty five touchdowns, ran for. 1,300 yards, threw for 4,000 yards. I was one of, like, three unanimous MVPs ever. And it's, like, it's hard to top that year from literally anybody. I think the only person who can top his peak at the end of his career was Peyton Manning, Mm -hmm. like, throwing 55 touchdowns in a year. Like, that's insane. Um, Yeah, that year almost, you know, obviously, it's almost like a blessing and a curse. Obviously, because it's great to have that year. It's not a blessing. You know why? Why? Because you lost in the divisional round. To the Titans. Wild card. To the Titans. Ti- divisional? I just said to the Titans. Was it divisional or wild card? It was divisional because we got the bye because we were the oh, number right, one Oh, right, because you were 14-2. and two. Yeah, but then obviously, you know, it put almost – the expectations were too high for Lamar. And he's still been a top-10 quarterback. I don't know why people try to say he's not a top-10 quarterback. Right, when healthy. When healthy, when healthy he's healthy. obviously a top-10 quarterback. And also – I think it's more of a curse that season because thinking about it now, it probably re- it probably made them rely more heavily on that system of offense, which hasn't progressed since then. You know, they leaned on that they leaned on that Greg Roman style offense, and yeah. it kind of maybe slowed Lamar's progression down a little bit in terms of reading the field as a passer and prolonging his career and let, letting him play letting him play all 17 games. But at the same time, I think – I don't remember what his second injury was, but I know the first injury happened in, in the pocket. So so did his second injury. Okay. Both injuries have been in the pocket. Lamar, to his credit, does a phenomenal job of making sure Not he doesn't get – oh He never gosh. gets hit. As a Steelers fan, you never want to see somebody get injured. But when he's running down the field, I really just want to see somebody come over and, like, pop him. But it yeah. never happens. I don't know why. Like, watching the games, if you – Watch when Lamar's playing, obviously, but then when you watch when Tyler Huntley's playing, just the different or just any other quarterback, they just get lit up. But Lamar somehow does. It's weird too because it's almost like it's almost like he's made of butter because even when he even when there is contact, it doesn't. It never seems like it's a big hit. It, or, yeah, it never seems like. It, yeah, never seems like he's actually getting hit, which is really strange um, because he doesn't have a humongous frame. He's not like Cam Newton big, you know, where he's he can like brush off yeah, defenders. Yeah, like Josh Allen type. But he somehow finds a way to just avoid contact. Um, either getting out of bounds, going down when he needs to. He's re- I mean, obviously, you can't be the best running quarterback and not know how to slide. Right. So there's that, and he always gets up. Anytime you think he's going down, like I know a few times he when he would run out of bounds, like almost at full speed, you you would kind of see him labor for a second. I've seen that a couple times when the Steelers are playing the Ravens, um, but then he always gets back up and it's like he never misses a beat. Yeah. So when healthy, he's definitely that that guy. Um, but it's just a shame that 
you guys haven't gone farther in the playoffs for him, like for his argument's sake, why it took so long. It's like yeah. they're, they're probably their whole argument was, what if what have you done? What have you won for us? You know. Yeah, and it's just it's unfortunate. And then those injuries come at really bad times. Right, he hasn't like you're, gotten you're, the opportunity the to show years, yeah. the two years. Why can the injuries happen? The two his rookie year and his second year, and yeah. then he just goes off his third and fourth, or I don't know what is it? Is is he going into his fifth? I think so. Interesting, because it would have been. I'm not sure. Is there a fifth year option? Like I'm. I'm we picked it. Or is he going into his? He could be going into his sixth year. There's no way. Because ain't no way, bro. Was he drafted the same year as T.J. Watt? He was 2018. Oh, T.J. Watt was 2017. One, one, two, three, four, five. Nope. Oh my God, he's going into his sixth year. That's crazy. That doesn't seem right. But think about it. You guys still had Flacco. You still had Flacco, and like Flacco was your starting quarterback when he was drafted. So <laughs> in 2018, he started. Flacco started most of the games. Right. Yeah. I remember he started the the last what like five or six games, something like that. Seven. Yeah. Um. But yeah. And then before we go, we got to touch on the Aaron Rodgers. Right. We have like a few, I think a minute left, and we just got to touch on the Aaron Rodgers stuff. So I think this trade wasn't bad for for either side. I think they gave up the right amount of value. Um, it's just weird because he's like 38. So giving up any more capital than a pick swap and a few late, a few mid to late round picks is a little strange. Um, but I think in terms of I'm a New York team, Let's win now. Let's win a Super Bowl before he goes. Right. I think you can give up a first round pick, but if they don't, we'll look back and say, nope. There's no. There's no reason to give up a first round pick if you know you're not going to win Especially, a Super Bowl. Especially, you know, tough division. Right. And Aaron Rodgers com- wasn't great. Definitely the tougher conference. Yeah, it just wasn't that great last year. Obviously, I now guess he's going to have Garrett Wilson. Right. The theory is the Alan weapons. Lazard, Reese Hall. Brees Hall. For, I don't know if he's going to start week one. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Obviously, elite tight ends. Jack Tyler Conklin. Conklin. Oh, Tyler Conklin. CJ Uzama, AFC North legend. Um, yeah. Oh, Corey Davis was on that team. Well, they had Elijah Moore, but yeah, he didn't get the ball. He didn't so. get the ball. So yeah. And they still have Zach Wilson in there. So he'll make his life in practice really, really poor, apparently. Yeah. For Aaron Rodgers, but... The only thing, the other thing I don't like is this is probably the least consistent quarterback emotionally that you want to give up a lot for. You know, you don't know if he's going to be there. He always shows. Well, actually, you do know he's going to be there, but what comes with that? He's kind of. You can almost going back to what he said. He's almost Kyrie. Kyrie. He's a little Kyrie ass. But he plays. He never. He, yeah. he doesn't sit out. He always plays the games, but it just. It takes so much to get him to actually play the games. Like, literally last year before he got traded, he signed $50 million contract, $50 million a year for three years. Like, the biggest contract ever at that time. Obviously, we know right. the Jalen Hurts situation and the Lamar situation. But, yeah, that's like – it's just um, not the most stable guy you want on your team. Maybe we'll to give see up a first. See a new uh, – you know, he's – He's cut the hair. He looks. He looks. He kind of looks like. Um, anytime I see his highlights or him like in training camp or whatever, whatever they're doing, I don't know if, what what period they're in right now. Yeah. Maybe it's just him practicing with his receivers. He, I always think it's Joe Flacco, because he cut his hair and he looks old. 
just kind of like mean, Joe Flacco. I but Joe Flacco think... was, you know, we all know Joe Flacco was better than Aaron Rodgers. Do you think Joe Flacco is going to sign with the Ravens for a one, one-day contract? I don't know how important Joe Flacco is to the Ravens Are franchise. Are you serious? He has half your sh- No, I, that's, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just not. He carried for the Ray Ravens fr- okay. to a Super Bowl on his last year. We had Jacoby Jones on that team. We did. What do you know about Jacoby Jones? He actually Bro went said crazy in the Super Bowl, for being honest. He did go crazy. He was so, he was snubbed the Super Bowl MVP. Who but no, it was Flacco. I mean, that would have been crazy if he won Super Bowl MVP. That probably would have kept him in the league for a little bit longer than he did. Um, yeah, Joe Flacco, I, I think he deserves it. I'm just not – obviously, he's kind of in an interesting – So, yeah, so – Joe Flacco MVP. That's right. the last thing we're going to talk about today. So it's been a great episode. Um, we'll see you next week, which is, um, I think it's a regular episode. And then we might hit you with, the, I don't know if we're recording next Tuesday um, or if we're just going to record Friday for all day, holiday. But I guess I guess you'll see when the episode's posted. So um, stay classy, Cardinals.